Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Thomas, and we have a very special guest with us today, my good friend, Simon Lee. Uh, say hello, Simon. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening and tuning in. We're just going to have a fun conversation. Simon and I are both live in Houston. We're, we're both in Houston today, but we're doing this on Zoom for the ease of technology living across town from each other, but I get to see Simon a lot. We met through C12, which is a Christian CEO peer-to-peer group. And Simon's been one of the first people I met in that about five years ago. And we've really just been uh, friends ever since. We were just talking before we started recording here about, you know, we have a lot of business things in common, but the biggest thing we have is our, uh, our faith in Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that. That's I think the most important thing in Simon's life. But to get started, let's just kind of go back. Simon, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Kind of tell us about your family, how you grew up, where you grew up, uh, that kind of thing. Well, thank you for inviting me, Jeff. I was born in Taiwan and came over to the States when I was eight years old. And so my family uh, moved, my dad actually moved our entire family to Houston, Texas, straight, uh, straight away. And didn't go to any other city but Houston. Just a little side story on that. My father never told me that we were going to be here for the next 40 years. <laughs> um, he, he told me that he was going to take me to Disney World, which we did go. And then after Disney World, um, I never went back to Taiwan. And I was shocked, but uh, glad that the Lord had a plan for me because we came here and we got saved. And a pastor, a friend of my dad's, shared Christ with us. And that's how we got saved in Christ Jesus. So without that uh, move from Taiwan to the United States, I don't think I would have gotten to know Jesus and follow him for the rest of my life. So I'm grateful for that. But been here 40 years. I graduated from University of Texas, later on a Dallas Theological Seminary, and later on Harvard Business School. So um, just glad to have those education. My dad paid for all of it. So grateful for my late dad who passed away about a year and a half ago, but I'm grateful to this day of all the financial giving that he has given in my life. And part of the generosity story is that my dad's been so generous in his life. And so for me to follow his footsteps was very easy to do because I have seen it through my entire life. Okay. Now, wait a minute. We got to go back. There's a lot of stuff in there. Okay. We got to go back to the, Hey, son. (laughs) We're going to Disneyland and then we're not coming back. I mean, that I don't remember that part of the story. You got to unpack that a little bit. What was that like as an eight-year-old? I can't imagine. You're like, okay, well, dad, are we now? Do you have siblings? What, what was the situation? Your mom's everybody's along. I mean, what, what was that? You play that out a little bit. I got to hear more about that. Yeah. So my dad is generous, but he's also a liar. You know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There is no way that he could tell me that I was going to be here yeah. for the next 40 years, 40 years of my life without tearing me apart as an eight-year-old. Right, right. So he simply chose not to tell me. Now, my sister, who's eight years younger than me, was okay. only 11. She was only 11 months old. Okay. So she doesn't know how to talk yet. So she has no idea which country she's at. Right. But uh, 
But I, you know, coming here without knowing even ABC was devastating to me because in Taiwan, first and second grade, I was class president. And you could only be class president when you're the smartest kid in the, in the class, which I was, praise God. And so I was number one in first grade, number one in second grade. And I came to the United States. I became last place. I mean, people right. were making fun of me. And I don't know what they're making fun of me about. And, you know, in, in the 80s, uh, presidents were still very high in our country. Mm. And so I was called chink. I was called go back to Japan, even though I'm from Taiwan. Right. And they called all these names. And I dressed differently. And people made fun of my clothes. And so through that, I developed deep depression, deep anxiety. And I was unable to talk to people without stuttering. And so if I was going to tell you my name, I would go, my, 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 my name. My, and that would take about 10 minutes of me saying one line of sentence. And so for the fact, the, the mere fact that I could do a podcast with you without stuttering is nothing but the grace of God in my life. Wow, man. That is a serious serious transition. I mean, I don't know that it gets any harder than that. I'm, I'm just actually, I'm actually picturing all these kids, you know, we're recording this while Russia is invading Ukraine. Right. And, and we have the, all these refugees leaving. Right. And they're going to a, a, a lot of them to a new country. And a lot of kids are probably experiencing that. How do you, th- I mean, obviously you're in a way better place now, but how does that affect maybe your empathy or even for you today, thinking about your own kids or empathy for other situations. How do you think that colors your life even to this day? The empathy scale for me in my personal life is extremely high because mm-hmm. of what I went through personally. Yeah. I think whenever you go through trauma of this kind, it, it, it resonates with you forever and it marks you. And so it is one of the reasons why I have been to 15 different impoverished countries mm. because I have seen devastation with my own eyes and I can relate with that devastation, even though obviously when I came here, there was no bombing or nothing. But inside my heart, I was torn to pieces, basically from the color of my skin and, and, and how I look and people would judge me and, 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 and call me names and tell me to not, not only to call me names, but tell me to go back to my own country. And so you know, imagine it, that to receive that as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, all the way through high school, I received that. It was not until college where, where there were more Asians around me that I really got a sense of acceptance and, 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 and appreciate who I am and who God made me. Well, and so, so healing came about in college for sure. Well, I just thank you for sharing that. I know that was a, a painful time. But I think one of the most important things we can do when sharing our stories is exactly what you just did. I mean, very few of us, you know, I don't love hearing stories that are just a straight line to success. I know it's not true. Everybody has setbacks. Everybody has challenges. God can use those uniquely. And I think it's really interesting that the way you started the story was, hey, it was so great because we got saved. That's, that's the first thing that pops into your brain is the positive of it. And then when you go through your educational background, going to the University of Texas, going to seminary, going to Harvard Business School for crying out loud, that, that, that's really the pinnacle of business education in, in the world, not just the United States. So going from a, sorry, freaked out eight-year-old, right? Changing cultures, languages. I mean, just have your life turned upside down to, to, to where you got to, even in really 
15 years or so. That's really an amazing transformation. And do, do you think a lot of that had to do because, with the faith piece? What, what was important for making you start to settle down and find your lane? So as I told you uh, a little bit earlier, how college was the, was the first place where I felt accepted and, and yeah. healed by God. Um, I was invited to speak um, at a local fellowship at University of Texas when I was as a freshman, 18 year old. And just to, to share about my testimony by a local pastor, there's about 400 students in this local fellowship. And I told him immediately, I cannot do it because I stutter. This five minute testimony that he was going to give me was going to it's going to take a day for me to finish if I was going to speak. And the pastor persisted and said, Simon, you should pray about this because I really sense that you should give your testimony. And I said, and so I said, I'll pray about it. And a day later, he called back and I told him, I said, I can't do it. I just can't do it because it would be an embarrassment to me if I do it. And so he persisted. He goes, Simon, you should really do it because you have a really good story. And I feel like God wants you to share your story with the masses. I said, if you're only okay with me stuttering throughout, then I'll do it. And he said, yes. And so I share my story Friday night as a freshman in front of 400 Christian brothers and sisters. And do you know what happened for the first time in my life in, in 10 years? The first time in 10 years, I gave my testimony for 15 minutes long without stuttering a single word. Amen. Nobody was praying for me. Nobody, was, nobody knew what was going on. But I knew that something changed in my heart. God healed me miraculously. And that's why I say miracles still happens today. What happened in the Bible is still real today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you only allow him to come in and believe in a miracle and allow him to do a miracle, you, you will see more miracles in your life than you could ever think or imagine. So imagine if I didn't step out in faith and gave my testimony, I would still be living in fear. I would be still stuttering in front of you. And you would probably not invite me to this podcast because I would not do a good job in speaking to you. And so, so you know, one moment of faith, God transformed my trajectory. Now, I love public speaking. Hmm. I have shared my faith all over the world. And people will say, well, why do you love sharing? Because of what happened. I love sharing because God gave me opportunity to share. And I will never forget that moment at the age of 19 and how God healed me. So um, just a quick story on wow, that. Wow, man, yeah. that's a that's an amazing story. And it kind of makes me think about, uh, you know, some of the people Jesus healed when he was on this uh, planet where people would say, what happened? He goes, hey, I don't know. All I know is before I was <laughs> blind and now I see. I mean, that's a it's a great testimony. I'm just thinking about people that are maybe riding in their car listening to this and they're struggling with whatever it is. Maybe they're new to this country. Maybe they're in school. Maybe their kids are struggling in school with a, with a culture change or with whatever's going on or, or even a health challenge or, or whatever. I mean, I just think that's an a, amazing message that those miracles happen today. Thanks for sharing that. Well, one thing that I know is, and I know this is kind of the generous business owner podcast. And so if we get into the business piece there was some history. Now, when your your folks came here, your dad got into business, you kind of followed him into that industry. Can you kind of tell maybe about the family history and business, what your dad did, and then how you kind of end up starting your own deal? 
my father came to the United States after he literally gave away the company that he started in Taiwan. So he was going to sell the company, but he didn't do it. He just gave it to his family. Mm. So that was the first area of generosity. So he came with nothing, with no, with no other companies with him. So he started from scratch. The very first company that he started went bankrupt, went belly up. It's extremely hard for him to, to see him. He was doing a retail office supply mom and pop store in a plaza. And this is before Sam's Wholesale came about, before Office Max, Office Depot came to the picture. And so everybody, every plaza in the 80s had a little office supply shop in the corner or something. And they were all owned by mom and pop, you know, retail. In the beginning, it was good. But then when the big box retailer came over, um, it, it just destroyed all the small businesses in the office supply arena. So my dad was one of those people. But he pivoted. And he said, why don't I sell to Office Depot? Why don't I sell to Staples? Uh, because he has all the connections of factories and manufacturers overseas. He could speak the language. And so that's what he did for the next you know, 30, 40 years. And so he was very successful in doing this. And so I worked for him for six years until I left six years later. And okay. that's, another, that's another story. Yeah, of so... All right, so kind of, would you call that wholesale? Wholesale. Kinda, it's kind of, he was sort of in the wholesale business, doing wholesale doing, business. doing well, things are going along. Yeah. You're working for him. This is, you're out of college at this point. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Help us Correct. with the timeline a little bit. So you're, you're out yes. of college. You haven't gone to graduate school yet. Is that true? Or had you already gone? I have not. I have not. Okay. I, so I, I just finished seminary okay. at this time. Yeah. And then you, you decide, hey, well, that's interesting in itself. You finish seminary, but most people, I think, who go to seminary end up, being full-time pastors, what drew you back into the, the family business? Well, during this time, I was youth pastoring for a couple of years as well. Yeah. So I was, I was youth pastoring on Sunday, and then Monday through Friday, I was working for my father. And so during this time, at the age of 28, I came back from one of these short-term missions trips in, to an impoverished country. I had, the, I had the dream of the number 50. And this dream was a recurring of the number 50, flashing like a neon sign. So it was the number 50 flashing like a Las Vegas neon sign. And it would flash around two o'clock in the morning. It would literally flash for like 30 minutes or longer. And it would wake me up in the middle of the night. And this happened for 30 days straight. I kid you not, most of us have dreams that are one off. And the next day is a different dream. Mine was the same. And I haven't had the same thing since. There's a, a one-time occurrence. And I thought I was going crazy. And so I ended up just praying and fasting, asking, well, what, what was going on? I talked to my pastor, talked to a bunch of people. And, and it turned out that God wanted me to start my own company to donate 50% of the profit away. Now, it took about three months, months to hash this out. I mean, it doesn't, this is not quick. I mean, I was literally practically asking God for this. And so obviously, the next person I need to ask is my dad. I said, Dad. I know you want to give the company to me. I know you work 40 hours, 40 years of your life to give your company to your only son. But this is what happened to me for the past 30 days. I had this dream. And I feel like God has wanted me to do this and that. And that. And he goes, you're crazy. That's the first, <laughs> the first, that's the first thing he said was, you know, not, you know, I'm not proud of you. He's anything right. of that sort. He's just like, you're crazy. Right. He goes, I worked 40 years of my life to give this to you. 
and you want to do what? So I told my father, this is the exact words that I told my father. I said, Dad, scripture tells me to honor you and mother. Okay? I'm going to honor you guys. All I ask you guys to do is to go home and pray. Either I'm crazy or God is really speaking to me. Okay? So you have option A or option B. Now, if you tell me after you pray that this is not the right timing and this is not from the Lord, I will obey you. I will not do this because I want to honor my parents. So my dad did that. Bless his heart. Him and mom went home and prayed. For three months straight, they prayed. Wow. Notice the number three again. I don't know yeah. if you read the Bible or not, but three is always the perfect number. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, um, my dad came to my office 2003. December, put a check of $50,000 in my desk. And it was December, so I thought it was a year-end bonus. I thought we did pretty well that right. year. I said, well, Dad, thank you for the year-end bonus. My dad said, this is not year-end bonus. This is the seed money for me to invest in your company. I just started to weep like a baby. It wasn't the amount of money that, was, that I was struck about. I was struck that he gave up his only dream for his only son to take over his company after 40 years of working sweat and tears over this company. The second question I asked him was, did, my, did mom also agree with this? <laughs> right. Because in an Asian family, guess who runs the show? <laughs> and the father, it's the right. mother. Okay? And so mama said yes. And so I said, well, God changed their heart for sure. It, now, okay, let's... I, I got to get clear a little bit on this story. So, so the 50% is blinking in your dreams for 30 days. You send them, you're praying, they're praying. He brings you this check. Had you already broached the idea with him that it needed to be a separate company that you needed to launch? Had yes. that discussion been part of it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He goes, he goes, why don't you give away your own personal money? I said, I already do that. But in a company scale, it's much bigger. And so he said no to me immediately. And that's when I offered him to pray. That's when I asked him to pray. And so he, he did pray. And so um, he didn't want to do it with the current company. Right. Okay. I think and, that's and, an important thing. It really yeah, needed to no. be because that was his thing. And that's not what God called him to do. I think no. that's important in this discussion, right? We're talking yes. to, we've got, yes. you know, there's some business owner out there struggling with this idea of maybe God's putting an idea of generosity in his, their heart. And I think it's so specific to everybody. It's not like your dad wasn't a generous guy. You tell me all stories all the time about how generous he was. He's generous yes. giving you the startup capital. Yes. He's generous giving you a job, bringing you to this country. Do, doing, he did a lot of things for you, even later in life that we could get into. Yes. We could do a whole other podcast on that. But, yes. but he, God didn't tell him that. God told you that. And it's, that, that was a unique calling on your heart. So keep it walking is, us out. It is so important that we don't create our own story. Yeah. When you create your own story, it is about you. It's not about God. Yeah. And so a lot of people, they hear my story and they say, I wish I could do that too. And I said, don't do it because don't copycat me. My calling was specific from the Lord. Right. You need to ask God for a specific calling in your life. Amen. And everybody is unique. You don't have to give 50%. If the Lord calls you to give 50%, then you do it faithfully. If God calls you to give, give 1%, 
you give 1% faithfully. And so, but, but the second question I get was, well, how do I get this calling? Well, scripture tells us that he's going to speak to us in dreams and vision in the latter days. And so he spoke to me in a dream. And I would ask anybody that's listening, if you're not getting the specific calling, read the scripture in Acts and simply apply that to your life. And just simply ask God, would you give me, would you give me a dream and a vision for my life? And do you not think that God would do that if you're ready? Now, if you're not ready, God's not going to mock his own name. You understand? Like, if you're not ready for this, then don't ask for it. But if you're ready, you ask God, and God's going to generously give his vision to you. Because the reason why we're alive, Jeff, is we have an assignment on earth. The reason why you and I are still breathing is not that we can make another buck for ourselves. We have a mission and a goal in which God wants to accomplish in our life. That is why you and I are still breathing. And what that goal and accomplishment is, it has to come directly from God. If you make up some crazy, awesome deal with yourself, Scripture tells us that at the end, it's going to be all burned up. You're going to be in your deathbed, and you're going to have to live with a bunch of regret no matter how much money you gave them, because you did it out of your own strength. So I want to encourage your listeners to understand that ask God for greater things in your life. Don't try to mimic, copy, or try to duplicate someone else's calling. Ask God for this calling, and he will generously give it. Amen. Uh, amen to all of that, brother. And I, I just think, you know, that's God gave me a calling, but it only happened. He gave me a specific mission. It's different from yours, but in a different industry, but it's very specifically tailored. And I knew when he told me it was way bigger, way better. Yes. I had to be completely dependent on him to do it. Uh, Honestly, it's been way more fun than I ever dreamed also. Yes. So you get yes. the joy today. Yes. And, and, and I think that's the man, I got goosebumps because I'm just thinking about people listening to this going, you know, I haven't heard that yet. And I think you just said, you, you know, it, and let me tell you, it didn't happen for me. Uh, like it didn't happen for you before I knew him and I was spending time with him on a daily basis. Yes. Once we got more intimate, I think for whatever way the radar got better you know the pipe listening yes. got better i didn't have ears to hear before yes. having that intimacy so i just love that encouragement and so all right so walk this out a little bit with us i know your heart is for people to grow closer to jesus to hear this story and we will absolutely get back to that but but just so they kind of understand a little bit of the x's and o's tell us a little about what happens you start the business how's it go so um first four years what Basically, I started the business the same year I got married. That's rough. Yeah. Um, for those listeners that are, have been married, <laughs> you know marriage is extremely difficult. Yeah. And for anybody that says marriage is easy, um, they haven't married long. They, they, they're they're <laughs> right. probably in their first year of marriage. Yeah. So, and for those of us that are in business, we know how hard that is. And so you combine two things that are extremely difficult. Um, it is the first year. It was just so difficult. We didn't make any money until four years later. I yeah. told my wife when we got married, I said, honey, we're not going to have any salary for the first three years of our marriage. Are you okay with that? And her response was, 
Simon, I didn't marry you for the money. I marry you because of you. And wow. I knew I, I knew I got a good one at that time. I knew yeah. I, I knew I had a keeper. A very supportive. And, and so and so supportive wife is extremely important. And so so let me tell you about that fourth year when we made ten thousand dollars of profit, net profit yeah. that year. A whopping ten for, for those <laughs> of you guys that are not in business, you might think, well, ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's not. <laughs> okay, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> after after four years of toil, blood, and sweat, and you make ten thousand, that's a laughing stock in any business industry, you know. But anyways, I was faithful to give five percent away, and after I gave five percent away to every village, which is um, my pastor Peter's farm, Mount Prophet, they give um, they give free water wells in Africa, so we did that. I came back from the gala in which we gave five thousand dollars, and I went back to my house. And I got on my knees and I started to weep and cry. Not because I did something great. It was because I felt so guilty that I could only give $5,000 after four years. And this voice of guilt and shame came upon me. Simon, you're a loser. Simon, you wasted four years. Simon, you got nothing to show for. Warren Buffett gave $100 million. You gave of freaking $5,000. What are you? You're no good. And I just started to pray because I knew that that voice was not from the Lord. Because the Lord will never condemn us. He will never do that. He will always encourage us. And so I got into prayer mode. I said, God, speak to me clearly because that's not from you. Yeah. And what he told me was, Simon, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And the second thing he told me was, Simon, I don't care about the amount of money you give. The amount of money does not matter to me because I own everything. What I care about, Simon, is you being faithful. Were you faithful the past four years? And I said, yes, sir, I was. I was faithful till the end. And he said, I want you to focus on your faithfulness. Never again today do I want you to focus on how much you give away. Because that is not important to me. I want you to be faithful. And guess what happened? My spirit was encouraged. My countenance was lifted. And I was able to stay faithful from that moment on. Man, I just got to go back. I mean, God is proud. You know, in those moments where I hear God the clearest, I always say he's like a sweet grandfather giving you encouragement, you know? Yes. Yes. Like that's, that's the picture I had when you said that, like, God is pr- like, you've got all these feelings of guilt that, you know, that's not from him. And then when you hear his voice, it's I'm proud of you. And it ain't about the money. Ain't I about love the money. that, man. Ain't about the money. You know, in, money. In, you know, in generosity, we focus on what that guy gave this and this guy gave that. And God doesn't care any of that. No, because you could give $10 million. And if you're not walking faithfully with the Lord, it means nothing. All he cares about is the heart. Isn't that right? It's all the heart. So, it okay. Is, yeah, so it take is us through that, it. But right. I mean, it is, it is the reason why that woman gave all that she had and right. Jesus was pleased with it. It is the reason why. This exactly. The, the widow's might. Okay. So take us through a little more of the business story. Things I assume get better after year four. Year four got better. So next three years, year four, five, six, seven was great. Year seven, we're about to go bankrupt. Okay. Now, for those entrepreneurs, 
we, we know this thing called the business cycle, okay? Sometimes we grow, sometimes we shrink. It's a natural thing. But for us, because we give away 50% of the profit, cash flow margin is always super tight. And so we literally had three months of cash left in our bank to pay for payroll and expense. And I knew something drastic was going to ha- have to happen. Here's another God story about to happen. I went to Dallas to meet with one of my business godly men for some counsel. I was going to ask him whether I should quit or not. By the way, I, I asked my wife if I should quit during this time of nearly bankruptcy. And she asked me, do you want to quit or does, does God want you to quit? Does God want you to quit or do you want to quit? Mm. And my response to her is, I want to quit. I want to quit. So the Lord provided me with a meeting with his brother in Dallas. I drove up at 530 in the morning, got there at 930. And we were at this restaurant where we were the only one that was eating there that day. We were eating breakfast. Suddenly, this old lady, probably 70, 80 year old with a cane, walking slowly into the restaurant. I saw her at a corner of my eye. She immediately sat next to us in our table. She pulled up a chair right at our table and sat in front of us. And I whispered to my friends, do you know this lady? And he's like, no. And he asked me, do I know this? Like a stranger, like imagine you're eating dinner and somebody just sat at your table. Just that, that that's exactly what yeah. happened. And so this lady put his hand on my, on my arm. She said, you don't know me, but this morning I was praying and I saw you in my prayer. And I said, ma'am, I'm not from Dallas. I just drove up from Houston this morning. I don't know you. You're probably mistaken by another person. She goes, no, it was you. I saw you in my prayer. And I have three things I'd like to share with you that God told me to share with you. And I said, well, before you share that, are you a Christian? Because mm-hmm. that's pretty important. And she goes, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I said, amen. What do you have to share? I would love to hear it. The first thing she shared was, God has heard your cry. That's the first oh my thing gosh. God has heard your cry. And so in my doubting Thomas moment, I said, well, that's pretty generic. She probably made that up, you know? I mean, that's a pretty generic. I mean, yeah. Anyways, anyway, I just, I just blew that off. Okay, so I said, ma'am, what is the second thing that God told you to share? She goes, I know that you own a company and God is going to take you out of this slump. I said, ma'am, do you know that I own a company? She goes, no, this is just what God told me this morning. I said, wow, this is the moment when all, every single part of my hair, I, as an Asian, I don't have much hair to begin <laughs> with, but whatever I have on my body, it just stood up. Okay. It got my attention. Yeah. Okay. And so I said, okay, well, this is real. This what is year like, is that? What year is that? You think this is, this is seven years since the business. This- I started in 2004, so 2011, yeah. sometime there. Okay, so this is when I got serious. This is when I buckled my seatbelt. Right. Okay? And I said, what is the third thing? She goes, well, the Lord told me that next year you're going to have record-breaking profit. Wow. I said, I said, ma'am, just to make sure, is that top line or is that bottom line? <laughs> can I get a number? <laughs> can, I, can, I get, can I get some real stuff here? Because I'm not interested in top line. I'm just interested in bottom line right, right. now. Right. 
She goes, I don't know, sir. This is what, this is what God told me. This is what she said. Yeah, this is I what God it. told me. Record-breaking profit. Okay. All right. So Sounds I'm, like bottom I'm, line. All right. I'm, I'm crying. Yeah, this I'm is crying. I'm weeping yes. at this time. Yes, it's beautiful. She goes, can I pray over you? Oh, my so goodness. Yes, she can. Yeah. So she laid hands on me. She mm. prayed. I mean, she's African-American, by the way. She prayed this charismatic, crazy prayer. And then after I say amen, I couldn't see anything. It was tears. Yeah. Both my friend and I were in tears. Yeah. And I oh, I finally wiped, wiped away my tears. And I looked up and she was gone. Wow. I immediately went to the woman's restroom thinking that she went to the restroom. She wasn't right. there. Wow. And I, I looked across my friend who was a Southern Baptist brother. <laughs> and I said, do you believe in angels? <laughs> and she goes, well, I, didn't, I don't know much about it, but I believe it now. Yeah. We literally saw an angel wow. that came into the restaurant, visited me out of the blue to rescue in my desperate state. So you see, this is what happens when you walk with God. Yeah. When you walk with God, only things that you can never think or imagine would happen to you. When you walk in your flesh, you will never experience it. Because scripture tells us that he will give us what we could never think or imagine. Think about it. We could never think of this. We could never imagine this. That is the will of God in our life. Well, Simon, that's a perfect way to wrap up. Thank you for taking the time with us today on the uh, Generous Business Owner Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, This has been Jeff Thomas. We'll see you on the next episode of the Generous Business Owner Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.